Are you the CEO of your life in biz? I'm Emily Alderson, and I'm on a mission to elevate the beauty industry one success story at a time. If knowledge is power and seeing is believing, imagine what could happen if you expanded your mind to the possibilities. What kind of shift could you make happen? This is Stories with Stylists. the Cosmo CEO, the podcast. I'm very excited. I always say that, but to have um, my dear friend, Susan Williams with us. We actually uh, went to cosmetology school together. Very exciting to have her on. She is um, a ray of sunshine, I must say. (laughs) Really like lights her room and loves her life um, to the fullest. And and that includes her job and her family. And so I'm really excited to talk to her about um, her journey in the industry. So hello, welcome. Hello, thank you, Emily. Tell us where you're from and what led you to cosmetology. Um, I live in uh, on Camano Island, Washington, um, Washington State, and I um, have always, 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 always wanted to do hair. Um, I usually tell my clients, they say, how long have you been doing hair? And I say, since three years old, Mm -hmm. but legally since 2008. (laughs) But uh, yeah, everything I've ever done is hair. And I didn't realize that a lot of people don't know what they want to do when they grow up. And so I've had a different perspective going into everything that I've done. And Yeah, so I did the backup plan. I went to college first because my mom said to, and I didn't think for myself at that point. Um, And so I went to a four-year university, um, did the dorms, did the sorority, cut everyone's hair in between. (laughs) Um, And I was just there for a year and thought, there's no way I can do this for four years. I can't wait that long. I need to do what I crave doing. And so I transferred to get my AA so I can put something down in writing. Uh, It was for business management, actually, and went to a community college. So I got a lot more hands-on education. It was wonderful um, for my personality, that's for sure. And I went to get business management. And the last quarter, they said, hey, you have to actually take this course. And this one didn't transfer. And I said, well... I'll be walking in June, so let me know what it takes to do that. So I, um, yeah, so they said, take a couple art classes and then you can get your general arts. And the um, the main like instructor was also the counselor and knew how, what kind of student I was and actually ended up giving me the business management certificate as well. Mm-hmm. So bonus, <laughs> but yeah. I got my degree in the color wheel. So perfect <laughs> intro. <laughs> like mom I'm doing it it's happening it will be written down so um yeah then I had no responsibilities no boyfriend no place to stay no job no nothing and I thought you know Heads Carolina Terrells California I just thought those sound like fun places let's go so 
my sister was going to college in California. And so I helped drive her down and thought, well, I'll look up some beauty schools. So I looked up probably, I think I stopped at 18, somewhere drive by. Um, it was anywhere from, it was all SoCal, but it was um, anywhere from like Azusa where she was down to Orange County and I think even one in San Diego, but um, yeah, ended at Coba Academy, which um, I don't think is a place any longer. But I know, but they didn't IV me up to products. They didn't say this is your one way to cut a haircut. They just were family owned and uh, let me do my thing. I mean, they taught me very basic things like beauty school does. And I think that's the difference between the stylists that are passionate about what they do and stylists that are not is you have to find your education for the extras. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't teach extensions or updos, so I thought, well, I want to specialize in those because that's what people aren't learning. So I was the queen of weave extensions in, <laughs> in beauty school, and I, uh, and then my first job out of beauty school was um, updos, uh, bridal hair in Newport Beach, and. It was a hot minute. I was new to the world, but um, yeah. So then I met my husband back in Washington, actually. Um, uh, we walked down the aisle at a wedding together and he said, well, you're coming back now. He said, well, fine. So I came back you and I was really, yeah, you never really planned on staying in California though, right? not really an Orange County person. I'm a little more Pacific Northwest. Um, I remember bringing cookies to my neighbors in the apartment complex and one person answered and they asked if I poisoned them, but what? <laughs> they just didn't trust this like homely 21 year old. That <laughs> so I just had, but it was just me down there. I literally drove down, found the school, got an apartment down the street and stayed. So um, it was a great place to grow up. I mean, it was a, the town of Orange is a cute little town and I had my beauty school people that I was with 40 hours a week and uh, just pumped it out, learned a lot, um, joined the best education. Was there, um, abbreviations forget what it is beauty education something but they had classes um in orange county and then in um hollywood area um twice a month and so i did that and they brought in like a celebrity stylist and uh, someone who specializes in that so that was like another umph of i don't have responsibilities let's just do it i'm down here this is time to do it um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, even when I met you and you're like, I just came down to do this school, then I'm going to go back. I'm like, what? <laughs> cool. <laughs> Why here? <laughs> like you really like, you take everything head on and with full passion. Mm -hmm. Susan styled my hair for my graduation. Oh, yes. I was the lucky one. <laughs> I'll have to like put in like insert a little picture. <laughs> <laughs> it was cute and then um actually she lived with us for like 24 hours yeah. which she that was, was 
so funny. She was moving out and there was some sort of time lapse and like when you could leave and when you're like pod yeah. leaving or something, she's going to sleep in a pod, like shipping oh, container, essentially. I did. You did and one night and I was like, I oh, no, 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 no. We you even got find my bed's there. <laughs> we even got pizza delivered to the pod. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was, I just was growing up. It was, you know, young life, and I can't thank you enough for the support. <laughs> but you had boundaries, and I didn't have boundaries yet. I just thought, well, this is what happens, and you just do it. Sleep in a pod, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. So when you moved back to Washington, um, what did you think your career was going to look like? Did you just try and find salons in the area? Did you want to stick with like bridal and styling or um, how'd you branch out? Um, good question. I actually had, um, I had a mentor that was a stylist down at a salon in Seattle and all through high school, I kind of like went to him randomly um, because it was an expensive haircut and I was in high school. But I, he was very, um, he was just as passionate as I was. And he uh, was in the moment and in the industry and has been there for a little bit and had a good feel for, you know, maybe start with this, not this. Um, but he said that there was a new style bar opening in Seattle and it was the first style bar in Washington. And I thought, well, I just did bridal up dues and I love styling hair and it's a new place so I can help them grow and I just love what I do and I remembered um he kind of helped me get in for the interview but I remember interviewing so cool and confident and oh yeah I just love doing hair and I'll do this for the rest of my life and they were like okay how are you shampooing I was like I'll show you <laughs> okay Susan um <laughs> So I was training on stuff and they said, I have to say, you were pretty confident for your, um, for your interview. I mean, it, I was fresh out of beauty school. I haven't touched any heads except for, you know, Grandma Lily and Betty Jo in school. So uh, yeah, it just, um, anyway, so I trained there and I was only there for a little bit at that time of life. It felt like a long time, mm -hmm. but um started with them they definitely were starting um and so I think the business part was done really well but the hair part wasn't done well there wasn't like a leadership in we need clips so that we can clip things up this um vibrating um flat iron is great but it's just not what we need to curl people's hair and so it was ran by businesswomen and they did a great job at the business, but hair wise, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work out long-term. And I didn't want to lose all that education that I just got from beauty school on color and cuts and all that. Right. It didn't even have a pair of shears in there. It was white chairs. Um, someone asked for a bang trim because it didn't go with their style and it was flipping. And I literally used the scissors in the desk um uh -huh. I don't think I should have but it just had to happen yeah <laughs> <laughs> but then I remember um probably every other client would say 
oh, if you could just do this every morning, I just would love if you would just come to my house and do my hair. So I thought, well, if everyone's asking this, what's a version of doing this? And so I thought of making like a, like a, what a food truck is now, but like a salon truck, you know, and like having my atmosphere, I'll have my tool space so I don't have to go in their bathroom. I'd have a coffee machine because in Washington, that's like why you see people in the morning. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I thought, well, that'd be great. But then I thought, well, that's mornings and I'd have to live in Seattle and I was, you know, 30 minutes out of Seattle, which would have been fine. And then who's my clientele and to get a trick. And there were too many questions in that were early in my career. I thought I'll save this for later and it still might be a thing. So you never know, but you never I'm, know. It's good to just kind of like have those and like take a beat to be like, wait a minute. Is this a good yes. idea? Cause even yes. if everybody wants mornings, well, you can only be so many places in the yes. morning right yes yeah. and then I thought maybe I'll do like a neighborhood package so if you refer someone in your neighborhood you get a discount but then what's realistic that people would pay anyways all those idea factors and I'm definitely an idea person mm -hmm. and passionate um yeah yesterday I had a I have a friend who's an interior designer and um she's helping us kind of figure out our layout. We bought an old bed and breakfast house and um, made it a wedding venue originally. I'm skipping ahead now from our styling place, but um, anyways, made it a wedding venue, worked great. Um, and then we found out we're not zoned right, which yeah. um, just got lost in translation between the beginning steps and then uh, anyway, so we had to stop and thought, you know what, we have a one and three-year-old um, house that's five acres, that's all maintained. Um, I think it was five bedrooms, five and a half bathrooms inside the house, so that maintenance alone, um, and full-time jobs. So we would cry and brush our teeth, and it was too much, and... So it was a blessing in disguise, um, kind of a sweet and sour ending, you know, having two things working so well, putting all the money into things for the venue. But um, anyway, so we, um, we stopped it and said, let's just do what we're good at. You know, I love doing hair. I'll always do hair. So even if we have this venue, I will still be doing hair and there's not enough time for that. So that was kind of like the beginning of my boundaries, basically, um, where I hit the bottom and thought, this isn't working, not this. So were you still working in a salon? You had eventually found like a salon home where you're honing in on your cutting and styling and all of that. Correct, yeah. Or you um, bought your house. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so I guess to go back to the styling place, um, that worked for a little bit. Then I moved kind of, that was in the heart of Seattle. And then I moved just a little farther out and I went to Kirkland, which is um, close to Bellevue on the other side of Lake Union and, um, or Lake Washington. But anyways, the, um, I did an extension only salon. And so what do you know, in beauty school, I thought, well, I wanna specialize in these things that people don't teach you about. And those were my first few jobs. So um, yeah, so I did the extension only salon and it was 
you know, $17 an hour and I was raking. I was like, wow, this is so much money and it's hourly. So I don't have to care about who's in my chair and who's not. And their system was um, uh, hourly so that multiple people could work on each head. Okay. And so you'd have two or three people on each head so it would go faster because extensions mm -hmm. can take a while. Yeah. Um, but there were no breaks. And if you took a break, it was like, you can't break because we need you to do that section. And then we overbooked and we have this person here. And so I was kind of starting to question, like, again, not sustainable, like, mm -hmm. great. And they didn't even do colors when I started working there. They like just were creeping into it. So again, I wasn't using, you know, what I've learned all this time and I don't want to lose it. Um, so yeah, so then I crept a little bit farther out and I went out to um, Bothell, which is uh, with no traffic, which never happens, is 30 minutes from Seattle. So um, yeah, so I went out there, found a salon that was fantastic to start. It was a commission-based salon. Um, if you didn't make commission, it's a hour, minimum wage. So there's always something. Um, and I thought at the extension place, like, there's no way I could make this much money at a different place. And there's no way that someone will treat me this well because she, she didn't, but she, um, did like the parties and said like kind of the schmoozing part of like, I'll take care of you, um, took us out to dinners, you know, like made us feel special, but didn't, um, focus on the parts that I think were most important, especially for employees to, you know, get educated and, mm -hmm. and grow. So um, anyway, so that, um, yeah, the, the commission salon was a full service salon and it worked in level system. And they were very, um, it almost kind of felt like a sorority where you had your people. And because it was commissioned, we worked as like a team together to grow and you crave reaching that goal mm -hmm. and that benefits the salon and it benefits you. Um, they were really like um, translucent about like how much money that was coming into the salon. And so it helped us feel included and to be excited about it and to reach this goal and it helped us and it helped them. So it was a perfect place to grow. They did all the marketing, they did all the back bar, they did all the orders, they did all the payroll, they did everything. So um, to start, I really just focused on hair. You know, whoever came in, they scheduled everything and I just did what came in the chair. And that was the best way to start as a stylist. I think, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think so much when you have no idea who's coming in and I find that like being in it for a long time, like when you have, you know, close to a full clientele, you're not necessarily getting new clients all the time. It's like, yeah. okay, I remember this. Like, how do I do a consultation? How do I talk to a new person? You know, because you end up knowing every detail about your client and their life and how they like their hair. And, um, but when you're first starting off, it's like you are on your toes all the time, like yes. the formulas and connecting with new people and yeah, yeah learning their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So yeah, anyways, they did a lot of like ongoing education. They had a lot of like certifications that you could get, um, a lot of shows you could join in on. It was kind of like a goal. If you get to this goal, then you can join in this thing. Um, so very, I mean, very motivating. It was wonderful. And again, I was like, there's no way I could make this much money anywhere else. But because they were so translucent, I really, um, I felt like, well, I have better ideas. I just feel like, why aren't you more personal with some of these scenarios? And why are you trying to make me double book people? Because I, my mind is slower than that. I need to focus on what I'm focusing on and they will get much better quality rather than two foils and that counts as a partial foil color, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I felt like I just, um, everyone knows my secrets because I'm translucent. And yeah. so if I don't do some, and I'm a perfectionist, <laughs> Um, in hair, I'm a recovering perfectionist in the world, especially <laughs> after children. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I just can't do that to people. I want their quality time. I want them to feel like they're quality. And, and almost every time that I heard someone complain about, uh, you know, a stylist, they said, well, I just feel like a number now. Like I never see them and they charge so much. And some people can rock that and it's worth it to them because they get the hair they want, you know, but for me, I've always been like five, 10 minutes behind because I care and I want to talk about them and I want to get that perfect foil where it just would make the world of a difference for them. And so, yeah. So anyways, I moved to Camino, which is an hour, no traffic, which again is not a thing anymore, but, um, from Seattle and I went to um, I went to Marysville for a salon, which is kind of in between those two. Again, just kind of like creeping out. Um, mm -hmm. I've always loved small towns. I've always loved the countryside. I've always loved these things, which is you can't like make money and not do mullets out in the countryside. And so I just <laughs> I just thought there's no way I could do this. And so, you know, I was in Marysville and it was great. Again, like commission salon grew well, but um, I was actually the first commission stylist. Um, they rented previously to that. Okay. And so I, they still had people renting, but I was the first kind of shift into the commission world. And because I came from a salon that was like that, it, you know, I was able to say like, what do you think about transitioning something to this, you know? So I was, again, I was a part of it. Like I was so included and it was so, it was just what I wanted. I don't like to be told what to do. Who does, you know? Um, so it was the perfect mixture of all the things. Um, and then it started to grow and there was mostly commission stylists and that was great. You know, again, kind of feeling more like a team, growing my skills, um, trying different things. Again, they would make the orders, they'd book the appointments, they'd market, they'd fill my books, and I'd show up and do hair. And then the kids started school. This is kind of the part where it melds into this like life part. Mm -hmm. um, so the kids started school, well, one of them did, and, uh, and people were no-showing and canceling, and I'd work so hard like every minute meant was so important to me if I didn't have my 10 minutes of spare time 
I was like so frustrated and irritated. Don't take my 10 minutes. That's all I have, you know? Yep. So, um, yeah, so I was just getting frustrated. And so I thought, you know, I don't know how I'm going to drop off and pick up my kid from preschool. It's a half day thing. Like, how do people do this? And I thought, well, since Camino's just enough far out or just far enough out, um, maybe I'll like just do some friends at the house. And I had a shampoo bowl because with the wedding venue, I like set it up thinking eventually, but I don't want, you know, brides having to dip their head in my shower. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought, no, I want to be more professional than that. I don't want to do kitchen hair. Um, and thankfully we have this, um, wraparound porch around our country home and one side is enclosed and it came that way because it was a bed and breakfast so I think they used it as like a sunroom or breakfast little space or something but um yeah so we put the shampoo bowl in there and there's French doors to the deck and there's French doors to the office which I'm in now and it's so perfect it's all daylight it's all windows so I can see the true colors um, nighttime's another story, but you know, always got Salon something. Lunges, yeah, Every salon has yeah. a lighting issue one way yes. or another. That's so interesting. So you basically, I mean, every salon you went to along your journey, you basically started over. Yeah. As yeah. far as building a clientele. Yes. Yes. And the clientele didn't really come until I was commissioned, you know, so before that I was like, oh, you have to have a clientele to start? I don't know. Um, But yeah, so it was probably like um, 20, 30 minutes each move out um, for the most part. And so I had a couple people follow me. I still have people from the extension salon. I have one person from that. That was about 10, 11 years ago now. And um, Yeah. So I've like kind of kept a couple people each route, um, you know, their lifestyles make a difference. Um, but yeah, so then I started doing friends hair out of the salon salon, you know, my mom, pa style, here's a dresser, here's my old chair I got from whatever. And here's a shampoo bowl. And so, um, I ended up being like two to three weeks booked out on all my off time. Like, my evenings, my weekends, people up here were like, could you just, and it was family and friends and it was starting to become the other salon and at home. Oh, so I was kind of using it as my, again, I didn't really have boundaries at that point, but, um, I was kind of using it as my, like, let's see if this works, you know, let's have a little better transition time if it works. Um, so I got to the point of being, you know, there's too many things going on on all my off time. I thought, well, it's time I'm going to jump. And that was it. It, There was no like make or break moment or like single Hmm. instance that you felt like I got to go putting in my notice. You know, I think it just had to do with like, my time is so sensitive. Don't F with it. Mm -hmm. And my clients were not respecting my time. My, um, there were some scenarios where the salon wasn't, but they were, I mean, a great support. I still do education with them. They're, it's a wonderful contact. So 
Um, I miss my people, you know, but I also love not having to deal with other people's drama when I come in. So um, there's benefits to both. I think I also felt through this time it, it had been, let's see, 2008 to 2017. Yeah, 2017, I started working from home. So through that time, I got to go through all these places and learn my formulas and trust my, you know, placement and um, learn different cuts. And, and so I felt confident enough that I could work from home without needing someone to formulate with me. Um, and so I think that was another, like, I can do this. I feel confident. I've had enough support. The second place that Marysville place that I went to was also a level system. And so it had the same like goals and growth and you would track your things. So I've really like nailed down the system. You get your four R's, retail, rebook, um, you know, all these different things that are basically like line you up for success. Mm -hmm. And so it's now in my rhythm. It's in every conversation. It's how I finish a client, you know, but I did realize that once I, once I worked from home and I was the front desk person, I, I really have had one no show in these three years because they forgot. Um, I've had maybe two, mm, two last minute cancellations in the last year kind of, I mean, there's COVID things too, which is another topic, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I just feel like they have to contact me. And so that communication is so much more thorough and I know exactly what they're booking for. And I know that Mary has more hair and I know that, um, this haircut, she doesn't like a lot of styling. She just wants to scrunch and go. So that can kind of shift my timing and what I can squeeze in and what I can do before or after a shift. And again, that's where my boundaries were being pushed. So I started listening to this podcast and it's called Mom is in Control by Heather Chauvin. And I've been listening to it for three years and I am a completely new person. And I, I've had conversations with her lately um, joined a couple of her, you know, programs that she's done, but nothing, none of the big ones, but um, she is all about feeling alive and aligning your life to be sustainable so that you can enjoy it because um, she went through stage four cancer and got her wake up call, you know, and unfortunately so many people have to wait for the wake up call, but um, yeah, so I've like I'm an empath. I am very empathetic, which is why I'm five to ten minutes behind sometimes. <laughs> but uh, so they, um, yeah, I just I really lived these stories that she told and these interviews that she had, and I was like, wait, I'm exhausted and I'm doing too many things, and I don't enjoy. I have this beautiful property that I can sit on the porch and I've got young kids that are at home. Like, why am I not enjoying this? Mm -hmm. I'm just like checking my list off. Okay. What's next? If they could just lock, if they could just buckle themselves, if they could just, and there's definitely benefits to those things. Of course. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So then I was, you know, gaining my clientele and my norm was to overbook and take whoever could come in and, um, 
I was exhausted and I was crying brushing my teeth again. And <laughs> it just, I hit this limit where like, no, this is my life. I can do what I want to do. Yeah. I'm out of my house. There's no boss for this. It's my choice to do that. I think it's so important to kind of recognize too, because, you know, as like a solopreneur, you know, mm -hmm. you are the boss, you can do all the things, but do you need to do all the things? Should you be doing all the things? Yeah, I'm at home. But, and I think it's important for clients to understand that too. I mean, I own a salon and people be like, oh, but you can come in like you're the owner. It's like, I have a life outside of this like I love this I'm passionate about it but this is my job at the end of the day this is yes. my job this is not like my life a thousand percent you know yes. um yeah. tell me a little bit about kind of that juggle I know like I I mean I work 30 minutes from home but that's Orange County living like yes. everything is 30 minutes uh, yeah. um, how do you set up your schedule I like wind down after the salon on my drive but you literally mm -hmm. open the door and you're like in it right so really how do you kind of manage that that's a great question because I remember going through that transition where like um you know when a dog hears the treat jar yeah and they just come running um that's the kids with my salon door and so I just I begged for a door on my office <laughs> and it didn't happen until like two months ago, it's been three years. So, um, you know, I'm just not as handy in the wood department, but, um, anyway, so the, um, I would just stay in there. I would bring my laptop in and I would just, I turned the lock around and I made time for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've, I've asked my family for commute time. Smart. And by, by designating, you know, my first client starts at one, but I have to, I don't have a front desk person. So every 10 text messages and Instagram di uh, direct messages, I have to respond to, and they're trying to get in today and someone needs to cancel here. And so I use an online program that they can do these things but the benefit of me doing it is i can fill my wait list into that gap or i can put them in a spot that i know works even if there's not a 15 minute little space that they need i'm fine working 15 minutes after i don't have to commute um but um there's fine lines on that you know they can't fit in are, yeah yeah and then it's fine i'll just do it this one time but then the next three people ask the same thing and when do you say no so um i've put my commute time in and i i write my schedule during that time i play my music so i kind of like get in the mood for working not racing in from wiping a butt you know <laughs> totally yeah. um and uh yeah, so it's just been, uh, there's so many things in the office that you really have to do when you, when you do your own work. And everyone, all my clients kind of ask, like, you know, what do you have to do in the office? And I'm like, well, 
write my numbers and formulas down. I have to write what we did today so I can remember. And I leave detailed notes because I use a color line that's like, you have to mix exactly what is in there. It doesn't just come in at one tube. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, you know, today we tried highlights and they came out fine, but her reaction was kind of questionable. So then I'll bring that up next time. And that, that detailed, response in the follow-up is personal yeah and people crave that personal connection and it's a one-on-one -on -one experience there's no it's a quiet little box with flowers on the outside and daylight coming in it is the most relaxing space in and they process alone there's nothing in there and there's an alexa that i can say turn off if you don't want to listen to this music like you know her name it's fine <laughs> So uh, it's morphed and, um, you know, putting um, advertising, social media is legit a full-time job if you want to do it to the expectations of social media. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so even just being able to respond at that point and have content and edit the content and tag everything you need to tag and why am I doing social media? I think those are kind of, that's the the step that I'm at now, like, why am I doing this thing? What is my purpose? You know, what does it bring me? And right now my social media is to gain my ideal clientele. I have a clientele. I'm very full. I don't work enough days for the clients that want to come in. And that's how many days I'll be working because I'm happy and my kids are happy and no one's yelling. So I'm going to go with that schedule. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, um, uh, oh, I don't know. That's okay. Are you still working, do you work Saturdays? Or what, what's like a week look like for you? Hmm. I base it around the kids' school. Um, thankfully, in the Marysville Salon, I was doing the wedding venue. In the wedding venue, you need Friday, Saturday, Sunday to do the venue. And so I was able to take off uh, Saturdays at that point. And it was fine because my Saturday clientele was always people that canceled. They got a last minute um, trip and it was sunny today and I don't want to do it. And again, I wasn't the front desk person. And so I just didn't have a great Saturday clientele. And if I did, it was a great clientele, but they still had those things that came up and were constantly canceling. And my time is sensitive. Don't F with it. So, um, and that's why I respect other people's time, sometimes other than my five, 10 minutes, but, um, but that's catch upable. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so the, um, yeah, so I, um, I just feel like it's morphed, uh, it's morphed from this extreme, uh, basically just having other people tell you what to do. I have now created, okay, the kids go to school on these days. Um, they have late start Wednesdays. They always will have late start Wednesdays. I could start late, but that's a great day to regroup. Um, Mondays are the beginning of the week and, you know, weekends we do stuff. So I feel like Mondays is kind of my like, mom household day like 
go to the grocery store, write out what we're eating for the week, um, lay out the appointments and make sure we have care for the week. You know, things are changing and morphing. What day do we want to play with people? Because we basically have two days a week and then the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, so I work Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and I work um, from noon until seven or eight behind the chair on basically all of them. Um, yeah, so it's really not that much, but I'm always booking before and I'm always booking after. And if I'm not, then I use it for my office time. Mm -hmm. But declaring that office time is so important. Absolutely. And when you're behind, it's it shows in your salon. You know, you're racing and you don't have your things prepared and you don't have enough foils. And so you're using something else or it's just, you know, I have to make the orders. I have to put the orders away. I have to price them and make sure the price is the same it was last time from my inventory system. And, um, you know, I've got someone who wants a copper color right now. And I realized I don't have a permanent copper color supply. I have a demi-permanent that's beautiful, but it doesn't last as long and has her hair fades a lot. So it's that kind of stuff. Now I'm looking into color lines and I practiced, I have some old extensions that I kind of save and play with and I do these test strips and sometimes I'm really motivated even after a eight to 12 hour workday and, and the eight to 12 hours isn't even office sometimes. So I'm, it's impossible unless you set those boundaries, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think it's so important though to like decide like how well you work, when you work, like some people don't want to work evenings. Um, you know, you're working into the night, which yeah, you just kind of have to find like the flow that works for you and the support system around you. So tell me a little bit about like talking to like your husband and your family about helping with the kids, what that's going to look like, why you need the different, the times. Cause I feel like we are entrepreneurs and sometimes outside of the industry, people think we just do hair. Right. right. Um, and it's not like a proper business. Like I'm literally the CEO. I'm the stylist. I'm the boss. I'm the employee. I'm the freaking janitor bookkeeper, yeah. you know, like all of the, all of, it. All of the things. So yeah, having <laughs> a support system, especially when you have kids, um, yeah. is so huge. So how did you kind of like rally everybody? I mean, you're passionate, you know, everyone supports yeah. you but what did that kind of conversation look like like look you have to make dinner three days a week yeah um thankfully I worked at salons before working at home and so we were used to like you know you do this version I do this version we still um we figured out a rhythm for the most part but I'm exhausted doing it so we can change things up um but basically I cook on Monday which is my day off we have leftovers Tuesday, which is easy access. I cook on Wednesday and on Thursdays, leftovers and Friday is pizza or eat out. Um, and by the weekend we can regroup. So that kind of gives that ease of the evening. Um, but it also is a huge benefit. Um, I've always seen, I've always thought that being perfectly busy is the best way to parent. Because if you have too much time, the kids don't 
figure it out. They expect you to be there. You know, they expect you to do this and that, and there's almost no leeway. Not all the time, but um, usually. So I feel like that perfectly busy says, I'm not here tonight, dad is. Um, and so because of that, I've been able to have a girl's night out. Um, or someone wants to, you know, I have a class or something like that, or I go on a work trip mm -hmm. and it's not foreign to the kids. It's not a crazy stressful thing for them. It's not stressful for me. You know, they've got their routine. We do it very differently. Um, there's a lot of energetic tickle fighting when I'm not, um, helping them go to bed and I'm more quiet and <laughs> calm and go to sleep. Yeah. But they always comment on their favorite thing with daddy is tickle fights at night. So there's benefits to both, you know? Um, I think the hardest part of working out of the house is thankfully I have a door to my detached area, but hearing those hard nights, um, I just want to go help. Right. You know? So I think being perfectly detached is helpful not interrupting because that's micromanaging and then dad doesn't want to do it and the hands go up and then it's on you again and you can't do it all so um yeah i think that perfect amount of separation is and perfect amount of busyness is mm -hmm. really important to parent and letting some of it go you know yeah i definitely feel like because you know i was working nights i've been cutting back my saturdays which now I work zero Saturdays, but um, for pre-COVID, oh was, right, yeah, pre-COVID <laughs> it was like very intentional. Like, okay, I'm gonna start cutting back Saturdays because I want to spend time with the kids, you know. But when they were littler, even when it was just Vivi, um, it was hard to kind of let go of the control of like this is how I parent. But my husband parents his own way, you know, and I think for your partner, whatever that relationship looks like, it's good that they have their own relationship with the child and they put them to bed differently and they feed them differently and they have that day. Like the kids have probably more fun with Phil a little bit, you know, they know they're going to get more candy. They know they're going to like be more rowdy. He's very hands-on whereas I kind of let them like do their own thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think it's, it's good that like, I can say like, I'm going to work. I just had this conversation with my daughter the other day. She was, she was like, just having a, she's four, you know, she's just having like an emotional day and we were kind of talking through, um, she's like, I don't, I don't want you to leave me. I'm like, leave you. What do you mean? She's like, you know, like when you go to work and stuff, I'm like, yeah, but I always come back and here's what I get to do. Like, I love my job. I love taking care of people. I get to do this. I get to do that. It, you know, it gives me money. I, money buys us things for this. And, um, it's neat to have that conversation with them. And I like that they can see me in that light and that I'm not just solely here to like feed them and bathe them and wipe their asses and yes. <laughs> you know yes definitely and I think it's you know the best um it's so hard to remember because it's just not instinct uh it's not the easy route I guess but um you're there to support them you're not there to show them exactly how to do everything you're there to be next to them not in front or behind and I think that support 
is so key. And by doing my own thing and having them have their own thing, um, they, they see that like mommy needs to work out in the morning or read because I'll bite you if I don't, <laughs> not really, but, um, but they just like, I'm, de I'm declaring like, this is my me time. This makes me really happy. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I need to do this. And then when I'm done with this, I would love to play trains with you or whatever. Um, and so even, you know, when it comes to work, like, Hey, I want to play with you too. I'd love to play, but we need money to live in this house. You know, we need money to play with our friends. Sometimes we need money to, you know, have that toy that you're playing with today or that school book that you'll need this fall. <laughs> um, and so they're, you know, they understand that money is still, we do little chores and whatnot. It's funny. That doesn't mean too much to them, but um uh, but still it's that conversation of like, well, I'm really happy when I do this thing, but when I'm done, I'd love to do things with you that make you happy too. So right, like I can have both, both things make me happy. And yeah. like a lot of things make you happy. Yeah. Yes. And just that realization that you don't have to hustle mm -hmm. to have great, happy life. I yeah. mean, how is hustling great and happy? How is like bragging that I, you know, woke up at 5 a.m., worked a 12-hour day, and then went out to this social thing after, and then, you know, all these things happened. I just, yeah. what, do you want a pat on the back? Do you get cookies for that? Like, I just, it doesn't make you feel better. I mean, yes, you were very accomplished, but that's not what successful means. Um, I feel like successful is happiness. And once you feel that joy and that happiness and that passion of what you do, it's so wonderful. And it's a whole other side that I just didn't even think was possible. And um, you can create it. You just you set the time aside and you say, this is important to me. Mm -hmm. It's on my calendar for Monday at, you know, 7 a.m. I'll be doing it until 8 and now it kind of fills your cup and it gives you that smile for the rest of the day. And that smile affects how you react to your kids when they say, I don't want this for lunch. <laughs> and it <laughs> affects how you answer the phone call when you have to talk to insurance. And, you know, it changes every step of the day if your cup is full. Mm -hmm. So um, again, it's, it's actually a, a little system from that mom is in control podcast. It's called the energy time management. And it's literally you brain dump everything you need that week onto a piece of paper. You put them in categories of self kids, you know, money, work, uh, relationships, other environment, like your surroundings and stuff. And you, um, you list everything out, just get it out. You know, I have to trim back the weeds this week. You know, people are coming by, um, whatever it is. And then you put them in order and you say, okay, self is first, kids is second. And then you put them in order of that week. Sometimes, you know, money is more important. Sometimes your environment means the world to you because it's shark week and you just want to snuggle. Um, and then, <laughs> um, Sometimes, anyway, so you put them in order and then you write out what that task's timeline is. How long does it take to exercise and shower and eat your breakfast? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't put breakfast on there, 
you won't have time for breakfast and so you're going to be cranky and so this is kind of my type a personality but even just seeing just starting seeing this visual schedule through the day so i do this every sunday um if not monday morning um but i then you literally put it on the calendar so i list out all the appointments for the week that aren't changing timelines i list out my work schedule because that's when people are scheduled from three months ago to come in <laughs> um and then uh and then you add okay first was self so under my self list i have exercise food prep and drink water those are important to me this week so i will be drinking water at you know this time after i exercise <laughs> And now it really sounds so tedious and silly, but by seeing it and checking it off throughout the day, by knowing that you're going to deal with your bank on Thursday at noon, I'm not overwhelmed with this list of stuff. Yeah. I know it's coming on Thursday. I don't have to think about it today. You know, I love that so much because I know for me, I'll find myself, um, feeling overwhelmed by quote, all the things. But yes. when I do take five minutes to write all the things down, I'm like, oh, that's it. That's not that bad. Okay. Now look at my schedule. Oh, I can do that on that day. I can do that on that day. Why was I freaking out? You know, yes. yeah, I think we get in the, whether you have kids or not, we all have some sort of social life outside of work. Um, and if we don't, get it you know but even if it is all work it's it's important to kind of prioritize you know all the different things because it can be absolutely overwhelming and it doesn't have to well, be and you know what else is my younger self i think is like you don't have to do all the things and um yeah just find like what's really the most important to you and that was important is different yeah exactly and the other um, key factor in that um, kind of exercise is you write down for your week, not your whole life, not your New Year's resolution, not this grand timeline, but just for your week. How do you want to feel that week? Because how you feel is how you present and choose what matters and, and which decision you make. Um, so like this week I wanted to feel calm and loving because it's our anniversary and I don't want to be busy. So, um, by remembering those two key descriptive words, now if I'm choosing to, you know, make this really extravagant dinner versus have some chicken nuggets and a salad, I'm going to feel calm doing the chicken nuggets and salad probably. So. You know, if I've food prepped, then I'll have better options and I won't have to think those things. I'll be calm already. Um, but those those core desired feelings are really what bring you joy and help guide you on each decision you make through the day, through the week, through the year, all that stuff. So I love that so much. Um, made me think uh, you've done something interesting um, since coming back, opening the salon again after COVID is really encouraged your clients to talk less. Um, and I think that's kind of unique. I haven't really seen that with a lot of people. I feel like that a lot, you know, um, we're not used to wearing masks all day and neither are our clients, but, um, I think with everything going on, it's given people like a lot of 
pause, you know, and a lot of reflective time. So talk about um, telling them or encouraging them to have a little more quiet time for them and for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Talking through a mask while blow drying for um, eight hours at a time gives me COVID symptoms. Like I've got a sore, dry throat. Like it doesn't work. You're physically exhausted talking through a mask. So even just for my health, it's kind of a requirement. Um, the other part that kind of sparked that being a focus is um, my mother got breast cancer and she was kind of our source. I mean, of care. Do you hire someone that's younger and you don't know and the younger people are kind of going out anyways and um you know do we have mom watch the kids even if I'm doing hair she has to be okay with that you know she's done with all her treatment she's cancer free which is really exciting but it still is that weak immune system that's like not worth it you know yeah so if this virus from again from what our knowledge is now of of the virus it's transmitted through this. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, having a mask is very helpful. Um, double booking would be helpful, not being around people wise, but like speaking wise, you're a little more like in the mode of go, go, go. I'm cutting your hair. I'm focusing on cutting your hair. Okay, we're done. Um, the one-on-one -on -one in a comfortable, homely box is really hard to yeah. cut that down because I'm that perfect third party person. People I'm that person. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's half my clients haven't been out except for their hair appointment and a grocery store. Mm -hmm. Um, half my clients are out all the time and I pray they're the ones that do it safe. And if they're not, then I say, I can't do it. You know, I've had one client actually that I fired because it was all the nose and it wasn't a, ideal clientele and it wasn't worth my, it wasn't worth the risk. It wasn't worth the time, you know? Um, and it was hard to do, but I felt really confident because it's not worth COVID. Mm -hmm. And if my household gets it, first of all, that's my reputation because, you know, it's kind of like Jack in the box got what, whatever it was many years ago. And you just remember it, you know, you know that they were the ones that weren't that healthy about something. And so I kind of dread that um, because it's just me. But I also like if the kids get it, say through a school thing or through me or whatever, now we're waiting for the whole house to go through it until I can start work again. Mm -hmm. And at what point do you start work again? And it's just not worth it. Yeah. Um, so I've written a little note on my mirror that says, please help me limit conversation. And the psychology part of me says, please help me because I want them to be a part of what we're doing rather than telling them what to do. Um, sit down, shut up, let me wash your hair. <laughs> but I also educated myself so much during the shutdown in Washington, which was about three months. Um, and every hairstylist was off. I mean, how do you not get free education through Instagram, through classes that people are bringing up? Like, how do you not do this stuff? Um, 
And so I was kind of overwhelmed and excited to use all my new tools. And I was yeah. playing with on a doll head and it was fine, but just not, a, not consistent enough. And so I was excited to do it, but I had to like think, I can't talk about your political thoughts right now because I really <laughs> want to cut this figure head shape so you don't have to come back. I just <laughs> learned this technique. Shut up. Let me try it now. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I would kind of remind them as in like, hang on, I can't focus just one second. And that's kind of a good reminder for them. I'm like, I'm still here to be your person, but but I want to be your hair person. You don't come in every day, every week. It's once every month or two months or three months, even four, because I like to make hair look really natural and easy maintenance. So um, let's talk hair. You know, this is your time. This is, if you have any questions, please ask me hair questions. But I do have to say, if I were to not be doing hair, which will never happen unless I can't physically do it, I would honestly question being a therapist. I love psychology. I love different people's perspectives. I love their stories and reactions. And, and I feel like my empath part of me digests into how they took that and like, okay, that's fine. I'll relate to you that way. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say it's very difficult for me as well as my guests to be quiet during this time. Um, but when you're blow drying and you can't read my lips, it's so hard to have a conversation. And so before we blow dry, I say, I just want to let you know, I can't read your lips like we used to. We're just going to have a little quiet time. Or when we go back to the shampoo bowl, we have to cover the eyes mm -hmm. with a towel. So they lay back with their mask on and I have to cover their eyes eyes which I used a very large towel in the beginning and everyone was like I can't breathe yeah. yeah so which is maybe a hot sentence right now but um but then so I got these little cute little towels and I make sure to wash them with like a lavender soap and you know and then I just put them on their eyes and they just love it they like wake up completely renewed and I say listen we're just gonna have a little nap time like it's a perfect time to just sit, just enjoy it. I know it can be awkward sometimes, but just let's feel this head rub that today you right. need it. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for doing this and sharing your story and so many amazing tips. Where can people find you and the salon, um, on social media? Yeah. Um, my salon is called Juniper Hill Salon. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook under Juniper Hill Salon. Um, Hill is an H-I-L-L. -L. Some people think it's hair salon. It's not. Um, and uh, yeah, I've got, I'm on Style Seat, which is where I book. Um, you can see my services, some before and afters on there. Um, you can always book online there. Hint, hint to all my clients who text me, look there first. Um, <laughs> and um yeah, I'm, I'm in Washington on Camino Island and I just live for it. I, this is my, I, I love what I do. It's, it gets in my way sometimes. <laughs> well, thank you again so much. And thanks to everyone for listening or watching. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Emily. You're great. Bye.
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you liked it, and I know you did, please don't forget to leave a five-star review. I love hearing from other stylists, so take a screenshot of the episode and tag me in it at Mindful Hair by Emily. If you have a story to share and would like to be on a future episode, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. We'll see you guys next Monday with more Stories with Stylists. Thank you.